to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stand. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this going to be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, a YouTube channel for Kings fans by Kings fans. Calvin, on today's show, the Kings win a game finally against the Nets. 112-101 tonight, snapping a seven-game losing streak. We have a couple fans here. Shout out James and McKenzie here in the uh, studio with us. Sorry we're a little late, Jeff. We're, uh, we're celebrating the win. Yeah, we needed some more beers <laughs> so we could go all night and talk about a Kings win for a change. Might be the most unlikely of games that you would have expected the Kings to break their losing streak on, but here we are, 112-101. Want to do a nightcap? Let's do it. What's up, Matthew? What's up, Mike? Good to see you all. And yeah, we'll be right back with your nightcap. We're here. We're drinking beers. And we're talking about your Sacramento Kings. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below. And if you enjoy awesome Kings content like this, please hit that subscribe button. Yeah, in case you guys forgot what Peja's face looked like, looks like, here he is in the flesh. He's watching today because we won. He is happy to be here. And so am I. I hope you all had a wonderful evening. Watching a Kings victory, I'm not going to lie, I did not predict a Kings win tonight, and I know you didn't either, Calvin, but hey, at this point, we're taking every win we can get, right? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Exactly. All right, Jim, what's up, Jim? Good to see you. He is right. We are undefeated in February. That's right, 1-0. What's up, Cole? Good to see you. Gothin, good to see you guys. Dennis? Thank you all for joining us. Sorry if I missed anybody. Jay, Drew, uh, Jeff, Dennis. Yep. Thank you guys. B. Walston. Thank you guys all for joining us tonight. All right, Calvin. Uh, let's get right into the box score. Let's get into the box score. Harrison Barnes leads all King scores with 19 points, 6 of 9 from the field. He had 7 rebounds and 4 assists as well. 4 starters and double figures. Davion Mitchell, another good game for him. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 8 of 19 shooting. Tyrese, 12 and 11 assists for another double-double. And then the bench finally showed up today. Buddy healed 18 points on 7 of 18 shooting. Damian Jones had 12 points in 27 minutes. And Metu, another double-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds in 23 minutes. Anybody you want to highlight on the Nets tonight? Yeah, Kyrie Irving and James Harden because they did not show up today. <laughs> James Harden, I don't know what happened to him. Four points, did have 12 assists and eight rebounds, but just two of 11 from the field. And Kyrie was five of 15 from the field for 14 points. Nicholas Claxton leads the team in scoring with 23 points and 11 rebounds. Congratulations to you if you had that on your bingo card because I don't think many people <laughs> did. And that's why I say sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yes, the Kings played better than what we've seen from them in recent weeks. 
but no Kevin Durant. And the other two, the Nets are not an equal opportunity scoring team. Yeah. I mean, Nicholas Claxton had 23 tonight. James Johnson had 18 off the bench. But that's because their best players couldn't buy a bucket tonight. And they're on a back-to-back after playing Phoenix last night. So, But, hey, Kings victory. I'll take it any way that I can. What's up, Fred? Good to see you. Hopefully you're getting your hat soon. I know it's on the way. Fiery Gamer. Anthony, what's up, guys? Welcome, welcome. So, Calvin, I want to know who your king of the night is. Man, that's a tough call. Part of me wants to give it to Buddy Heald, actually, just because he's been so bad lately. I was going to lay into him tonight (laughs) before the win. Right? Um, But I thought Harrison Barnes played a really complete all-around game. Very efficient. Uh, Led the team in scoring. He's been really good for them uh, as of late, especially since De'Aaron Fox has been out. So I I probably give the nod to him. But you could give it to a couple people, really, tonight. Tyrese... Didn't shoot well, but he had a, a really solid game all around. Four steals, really active defensively. Um, so, yeah, I think Tyrese, Harrison, th- those would probably be the top two picks. But I'll go with HB. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he started out really, really hot in this game. And as you mentioned, 6-9 and nine from the field tonight, 3-5 of five from three-point range, 19 points. I saw an interview with Matt Barnes uh, midway through the game, and he's like, HB needs 15 shots in this game. Like, he should be getting them up. And it kind of reminded me of that Luke Walton talk, right, where Luke Walton's like, HB's a much better three-point shooter than people give him credit for. He needs to be hoisting it up the whole time. But, you know, we always talk about game flow, right? And, like, it's great to have 30 points on 20 shots, but you're not going to get that amount of shots every game because it depends on the flow of the game and different players – if you're a star player, maybe you get that many shots every night. But if you're a role player or just one of these other pieces, it's not going to be consistent. I think that really showed for Tyrese Halliburton tonight. He didn't have ten or double-digit uh, scoring tonight until the fourth quarter. He was there in the assist category, but uh, only 12 points for him tonight. And I say only because we saw him have a huge 38-point outburst just a couple games ago. I want to talk about trades in the next category. I want to talk about motivation. I watched an interview with James Hamm this week about guys, quote-unquote, quitting for the Kings. And I want to talk about that a little bit later, so I don't want to touch on it too much right now. But I have to say Tyrese Halliburton is definitely not one of those guys. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, everyone has off-nights shooting, but when when you run the team, when you run the offense – uh, you know, you can still obviously have a really big impact and put your handprint fingerprints all over the game. And, and that's what Tigers did tonight with the steals, with the assists. Uh, it helps when your other teammates are actually making shots, you know, like Buddy Heald, Harrison yep. Barnes, Davion Mitchell. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people raving about Davion, and he did play great. But the difference between Harrison's game and Davion's game is Harrison had 19 points on nine shot attempts. Davion had 18 points on 19 shot attempts. Yep. So it's he's just a much more efficient scorer. I think he, Davion takes more difficult shots because a lot of his shots are off the dribble that he's creating for himself, mm-hmm. whereas Harrison can rely on the point guards or the other players that have the ball in their hands, backdoor cuts, open threes, things like that. Not saying that he can't go and get his own shot because he can, um, but they play a much different style, obviously. 
Yep. The, the Kings finally just had a, a complete game as a team tonight, though. That's the biggest difference. Uh, that's why they won. I, I mean, they're, you can't – the Kings are not anywhere near a good enough team to get by with one or two people having a good game and the rest of the players on the team not picking up the slack. Yep. I want to give a shout-out to Jimmy Hickman. I see you there in the chat. Also, Brian. What's up, Brian? What's up, Alfie? Welcome, welcome. I see you guys all here. We have Makami in the house. Makami, if we get 30 likes tonight, Calvin said he's taking a shot of Crown Royal. I'm just putting that out there. So just so you guys know. But, yes, another Kings victory tonight, Calvin. Um, another? Well, I mean, they've won That's true. It what, is 19, 19 20, games but... on the season. So uh, I could say finally a Kings win yes. tonight. But you mentioned HB. What is the main difference that you saw in him tonight over – I mean, he started out the season so hot, playing incredible, shooting over 50% from three-point range. He's been in a, a little bit of a drought lately. So I don't know if you could officially say tonight was his coming out party, but it was one of the better games he's played in the last month, two months. What did you see different I mean, from him? He's, he's played fairly well in a bunch of games, I would say, over the last – two months or so. Um, I think there's two things really that affected him through the the middle part of the first half of the season. One was obviously the injury. He missed a bunch of games. It was a foot injury, so I don't know if he came back how much it was bothering him initially early on, but he, he definitely, there was a moment where I started to see him moving better on the court. He was cutting harder, planting better, things like that. So I definitely feel like the foot injury bothered him for however long you want to say. And the other thing, the other uh, area that I'm going to point to is De'Aaron Fox being out yep. early on in the year. Fox was struggling. His shot was not falling. They needed somebody to pick up the slack scoring wise. And he came out of the gates, just raining threes. He was shooting incredibly well. And he has actually shot well from three all season long, but that first part of the season, he was over 50% for a good two weeks um, he, he was just on fire. He couldn't miss. Then De'Aaron gets hot again. The ball starts to come out of Harrison's hands more. He doesn't have as many opportunities. He gets hurt. He then has to work his way back in physically to the lineup. Now De'Aaron gets hurt, and he has COVID mm-hmm. earlier, Yep. which means that Harrison Barnes plays a bigger role, gets a little more uh, comfortability out there, a little momentum. And sometimes that's really all it takes. You know, I mean, if you're a good shooter, we always say with Buddy, right, like it just takes one or two to go in and then all of a sudden he can explode. Well, Harrison Barnes is a really consistent shooter. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for any shooter. If you make a couple, especially early on in a game or you have one good game, that can easily roll into the next two, three, four, five, and so on. So um, I, I definitely believe that, I think he's played very solid all year long. He's played very solid for probably the last five, six, seven years. But the things that have changed over the past month or two are, one, him coming back to 100% from that injury, and two, De'Aaron Fox not being on the court. So they need somebody else to take those shots and score the points. Yeah, interesting. Um, I didn't think you were going to say the F word, but you did. (laughs) De'Aaron Fox. We'll talk about him uh, a little bit later in the second section because I'm hearing a lot of things that I don't really like 
But on your point, De'Aaron Fox missed another game tonight with a sore, sore ankle. I'm sure there's probably some other things sore on him as well. But uh, <laughs> he was not available tonight. We'll we'll talk about that in depth in the next section because I got a lot to say about De'Aaron Fox, and uh, I want to finish up on the game here before before we get into that. Mo Harkless tonight. 34 points for him. 34 Or sorry, 34 minutes. minutes, 10 points for him. I saw some incredible defense from him tonight. And, uh, you know, we talk about leadership, and this team has just needed a vocal leader. We've seen him be vocal during the season, right? But not to, I guess, the extent that you would want. This is his first game starting in a little while. I thought it was a great performance for him tonight. Yeah. I think he did start maybe one or two games last week or something like that. Marvin Bagley was out, so he got I think it was a, a meant once to. or twice. Um, but regardless, I mean, he started a bunch of games overall this season, most of them early on in the year. And he's just another one of those players. You know, he provides a lot of good things on this team, but he's a, a classic role player. So role players – make good teams better when they can stay within their own roles. Exactly. When you have a team that struggles like exactly. the Kings and you are always looking for the next guy to step up, who's it going to be? Who's going to help De'Aaron and Tyrese tonight? Is it Davion? Is it Buddy? Is it Metu? Is it Marvin Bagley? Is it Rashawn Holmes? Is it Mo Harkless? You're, you're not going to get that type of consistency out of players who are role players because mm-hmm. that's what role players are. I mean, they, they are consistent in some ways, but it's not, you're not looking for big outbursts from them every night or major, major impactful games. You're looking for them to, to do their job and fill in, you know, the, the, the missing pieces or the rest of the puzzle. So he's a good defender. He's got a lot of length. He can get to the basket. He struggled shooting, but if he shoots well, or if he knocks out, you know, knocks in a couple outside shots and scores 10, 12, 14 points or something like that. Yep. The Kings become a much more different team. Yeah, I agree. You know, another thing that we really touched on during this seven game losing streak was bench production. And I think a huge part in that was the fact that deer and Fox was missing. Davion Mitchell has been moved into the starting lineup. Incredible game for him tonight. 18 points, second in scoring among the starters, uh, played 35 minutes. But the Kings bench, you know, they only played four guys tonight off the bench, but they were able to produce, what is it, 44 points tonight off the bench for them. What's the difference you saw out of out of these guys? Well, the biggest difference is Buddy Heald. I mean, he's struggled immensely, you know, over the past, couple of weeks or, or even longer than that. Um, and for him to come in and be productive off the bench, it, it totally changes the game. Just like I was saying for Mo Harkless or, or any of these role players, you know, if they're able to, to have a solid performance, it totally changes the way teams have to play the Kings because you can't just key in on Tyrese Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox if he's playing or Davion Mitchell, or whoever's you know the one person that's having a good night. You actually have to play a more balanced defense and cover the whole floor. Um, I also feel, you know, we talked so much early on this season about rotations and lineups and the fact that the Kings had 
you know, maybe 12 or even 13 guys deep that they felt like they could really play on any given night. But the question was who would get that nod that, you know, who, whoever had the hot hand on whatever night seemed to get the minutes Mm -hmm. lately. They've really rolled back their uh, rotations. You know, we don't really see Tristan Thompson anymore. We don't see much of Alex Len anymore. As soon as the COVID outbreak was kind of over. Damian Jones has been in and out, in and out. Metu played a ton early on. He hasn't really played as much lately. Part of that is because Marvin Bagley started to come on a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I feel like this team never really got into a real groove of like who are our main guys, you know, on any given night. Um, and that's had, I think both types of effects on them. It's given them the strength of having all these guys that they could play. So depending on the matchup, if they're playing a big team or, or not as big of a team, they choose to go with certain guys, but it also doesn't give you a lot of continuity and it doesn't give your guys really a chance to develop a rhythm and kind of get comfortable out there because they never know when they're going to play or when not. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm just looking here in the chat. I, I see some people talking about Tristan Thompson, talking about De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, unfortunately, Fox was not available tonight. He's got a sore ankle. It's uh, It's not a sprain. It's a sore ankle. And like yeah, I James said, Sam had some pretty uh, eye opening or ear opening comments on the D'Lo and KC podcast. Yeah. And like I said, st- stick with us here, guys. We're going to talk about this in the next section once we finish up the game recap, because there really is so much to talk about when it comes to the F word deer and fox. All right, Calvin. So we saw Metu tonight. Pretty active, 11 points for him, a steal, two blocks. I love what I saw from him, especially late in the game where we saw the Nets were like just, you know, they were out of it, maybe down 10 uh, with like a minute, minute and a half left. Many Kings fans or fans in general would say they were out, they were not in the game, but they were still trying to score. And a lot of teams, you know, they take their foot off the gas. They're like, oh, the game's over. I saw Metu blocking shots at the rim saying you guys are not getting a shot here i don't care if we're up 10 and there's a minute left in the game i want to end this and i love that yeah absolutely that's the way you're you're supposed to play right i think that also comes down to what we were kind of just talking about and for some of these role players they don't know when they're going to get a chance or how much time they're going to get in any given game will they start in Metu's case, you know, he started a bunch of games. He's also come off the bench a lot. How many minutes is he going to play? Sometimes he plays less than 10. Sometimes he plays 30 minutes. Yep. So when you're in that situation, any time you step on the court, no matter whether you're up 50, down 50, tie game, first quarter, fourth quarter, you're playing, you know, essentially for your basketball life, for your career, for mm-hmm. more opportunities. Um, so you know, the easy answer is, well, yes, you have to have that mentality all the time when you play, whether you're, you play four minutes or 40. Um, but definitely I think that comes into it. That's the tough part of being an NBA player, right? You're trying to get paid too, right? Yeah. And you got to be ready when your number is called. And, you know, a lot of people say it's tough to be a star player in the NBA. 
you know, but it's almost, in my opinion, it's almost tougher being one of these guys that only gets minutes every fifth game or, you know, every other game. And you got to be ready. And when the lights are on, all of a sudden they're like, hey, J.R. Smith, you're in the game. You need to shoot the three. You need to make it. You need to make the right pass. I don't care if you haven't played for three games. You need to be ready right now. Otherwise, all the criticism falls on you. Yeah, it's 100% harder to be uh, a guy that's trying to make an NBA roster than a star. 100% harder. What'd you you can say all the weight and, and the pressure is on the star's shoulders, but at the end of the night, they still go home. They just made $500,000 for that one game. Oh, yeah, more than They're that. not losing any sleep because yep. they're not worried about showing up to the facility the next day and being told that they're traded or that they're cut or anything like that. They have security. That's the place to be. 100%. What do you think about Rashawn Holmes tonight? 21 minutes, 9 points, 9 rebounds, a block, only one personal foul. I don't know yeah. why he only played 21 minutes tonight, but Kings win, so I'm happy. Yeah. Well, he really hasn't played big minutes since early on in the year before he got hurt that first time ever since he's gone through the, the injury problems. Um, and then through the COVID spell, he hasn't played big minutes at all in a game. And I don't know if that's just because they feel like he hasn't gotten back to the point where he can play those minutes or again, the fact that they've had guys to step up in that situation, like Damian Jones or Tristan Thompson or Alex Len, you know, they have a big cast of those people. Uh, and a lot of them are young players, well, Damian Jones, for sure, a young player, Metu, young player. So they're still trying to give those guys opportunities. Um, you know, I still love Rashawn Holmes, everything that he brings to the table. He's just a very dependent player, yeah. uh, which, you know, you can make that case for a lot of centers. There are very few centers in the NBA that you can say they're not dependent on the other players on the court for scoring. They, mm-hmm. they can go out and get their own basket. Some of the best centers. Go Bear, dependent. Yeah. yeah. Capella, dependent. Definitely, definitely. So he's still a very valuable person on this team. I just think that the the problem for him right now is with the year that the Kings have had and the realization, I think, of all the people that that watch this team play in that this group of players is not good enough together, so changes need to be made. He's one of those people that's like right on the line, right on the fringe of that. Someone that I think a lot of Kings fans really love because he's gotten better every year he's been in Sacramento. He had a great season last year. Now he's got these injury problems. So it's, uh, you're trying to figure out how much is that really bothering him? Yep. How much is all the people, all the guards coming in and out of the lineup bothering him? So it's a very uh, fine line to cross. Shout out Key Kings 8. Happy to see you here. Thanks for joining in. He said, Kings win, and I still have no clue which direction this team is heading. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that in the next section, but I think Calvin and I agree. All right, Calvin, a few more things I want to touch on before we move on here. I want to talk about Buddy Heald. I want to talk about your keys to the game or your key to the game. (laughs) And uh, I think the Kings... uh, achieve that tonight but before we talk about that so much has been said about the combination of Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox whether that would work out 
the Kings end up drafting a point guard this year in Davion Mitchell, and he's been starting recently. I thought they played excellent together. 30 points combined tonight, 14 assists, 5 steals between the two, and most importantly, the Kings win the game. What did you like? What did you dislike from that tandem tonight? Um, you know, I think I just echo what you said. They they do seem to balance each other out pretty well because Davion is kind of like a junior De'Aaron Fox. I mean, they they go about their business in the same way offensively in that they're isolation players. That's what both of them have been good at their entire lives. They're really good at creating space, creating their own shot. They're very quick, very athletic. Mm-hmm. Davion, though, is not quite as much of a, you know, a lot of people call De'Aaron Fox a ball hog, which I am not going to say he is. Ball dominant. Ball dominant. (laughs) And Davion's a better outside shooter, too, which is something that that De'Aaron Fox doesn't have in his game. So Davion can, when Tyrese is running the offense and handling the ball, Davion can be available for an outside shot. Whereas De'Aaron Fox will be available, but the percentage chance that it goes in, I know Davion hasn't shot tremendously well this year, but I would consider him a better three-point shooter right now than I would De'Aaron Fox. So he can just go about his business in a a slightly different way offensively. You can run different sets. Um, You don't have to run as much isolation, which you certainly can with Davion, but he hasn't earned that yet, whereas De'Aaron Fox has earned that ability. You know, and he's going to play the heavy minutes, so he, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Everyone talks about the size of Davion Mitchell, right? Like, yeah. I, f- I feel like that's his biggest knock. If you were to say anything negative about Davion Mitchell, you're not going to be talking about his work ethic. You're not going to be talking about his basketball IQ. All you can really talk about is his size, right? And I feel like Tyrese Halliburton is, is not – I don't want to say oversized in a negative way – but he's bigger than a lot of point guards in the NBA. So does the size of Tyrese allow Davion to be a little bit more effective? No, I wouldn't really say that because Davion's still going against players that are bigger than him regardless of the fact that his backcourt mate has bigger size. You know, It just creates a situation where the other team has to say, or decide who's going to guard who, basically. Yep. Um, but Davion still has has to make up for the size advantage regardless, both on offense and on defense. The reason the Kings drafted him was because they felt like he could guard players bigger than him, which he has shown in college that he can do. Now, doing it in college and doing it in the pros is a, is a very different thing because in college, while you might go up against guys bigger than you on every given night, they're not going to be NBA players every single night. Yep. In the NBA, they are NBA players. They are. Even Luke night. Walton's an NBA player. Even Luke Walton. So it, it's just a – I think Davion ultimately can make up for his size. I mean, there's been many, many players that have played in this league for years and years and years that we all said, well, they're too small. And they succeeded. Uh, it's a small percentage, Isaiah but they Thomas, still did. Yeah, Earl Boykins. I mean, the, you know, there's a lot of players. Yep. Moxie Bogues. That's the most extreme case, right? But Damian Mitchell has all the tools to be.
be a solid pro in the NBA. What his ultimate ceiling is or what his potential is, all-star level talent, stuff like that, I'm not really sure yet. He's still, you know, a very... I feel like he rose to the level that he's at very quickly. He was not a, a very highly recruited player coming out of high school, even his first couple years in college. He wasn't a household name, but he worked his ass off to get to that Work point. ethic, yep. So I still have faith that he can work his ass off to be a starter in this league for a long time. I love the work ethic. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's contagious. It's the, it's the only thing that and, you can't teach, right? And so, or that's one of what the, the Kings need, that teach. right? Yeah. That's what the yeah. Kings need is they need that work ethic. <laughs> that's the problem is we've just uh, – I, I feel like it's it's the old debate, right, of like, okay. Mike, we need one more like, and then we'll give the people <laughs> what we want, what you want. I'm, I'm too smart, so I don't have to study for the test, right? Like, yeah, that works for maybe junior high maybe high school, but then you're handicapped because you're not developing those skills of studying to be prepared for more complex subjects. So then when you get to college, when you move further on, you don't develop those skills and you just were relying on, if, if I were to make a, a NBA analogy, you're relying on your athleticism. You're relying on these things that aren't necessarily work ethic involved. They're naturally given talents yeah. And once you go to the next level, everybody else catches up to that. Yeah. And the only way to separate yourself is that work ethic, is going a mile yeah. further than the next it's, guy. It's not the only way because some guys are just that much more talented. It's true. But That's that, true. the percentage of those people is so small. Yep. Well, yep. We, we made it to 30 likes. Oh, man, 32 already. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. What's up, Alex? I see you here in the chat. If you want to join us on the next section, just hit Calvin up. You want to pour us a couple shots, Cal? And uh, we got to give the people what they want. The last guy I want to talk about before we move on here, because, you know, this has been uh, one of our (laughs) longest nightcaps in over a week, which is is. Not hard considering they've lost all these games. Well, and when you're not down by 30 or 50 in a game, yeah. it's a lot easier to talk about it. We haven't even talked about how good of a team Brooklyn is at this point and the fact that uh, one of their best players is only available on the road, and he played tonight. Um, but, hey, the Kings won this game. I want to give a shout-out to James Ham because uh, – James was looking at the schedule earlier today, and he said the Kings are on a nine-game losing streak. And I'm happy they proved him wrong, so give a shout-out there. But, Calvin, the last thing I want to talk about here is just Buddy Heald. You know, we could talk about Damian Jones. I thought he had a good game. I was surprised Lewis King didn't get more minutes. We talked about how Kata hasn't been getting minutes. But... We've been uh, we've been a bash buddy channel before. Yeah, I think it's time to praise Buddy a little bit. Twenty seven minutes tonight, not the best shooting. Seven no, to sixteen. Don't, don't praise Buddy. Three and nine. Don't Eighteen do points. Don't do it. Almost your player don't of get the caught game. Up in it. That was a joke. Almost that your player of the game. Oh yeah. Sorry. the The people want Vinny to take a shot too. So. Oh yeah, we need some more shot glasses. But, I mean, I, I thought... Man, this is going to be a big shot, Vinny. 
I thought Buddy, you know, played better than I expected. You want one? Oh, that's you. Where's Vinny's glass? He he played Vinny better than glass. expected. Sorry, guys. We're trying to get everyone shots in the studio. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was preparing something for the show tonight. And uh, it was pretty negative. I'm not going to lie. We were talking about I was I've been watching so many Kings podcasts this entire week and everybody's just been ragging on the Kings yeah, and they're all about Before we were watching the, or before the game started Barry looks at me and he goes I hope you're ready I'm going to ask some tough questions tonight. <laughs> and I still will once we get to the next section. But one of the things I want to talk on, touch on was do guys quit? How much does it take to break a guy? People have been talking about how De'Aaron Fox is broken by the Kings. It took four and a half years of losing before he was broken. We've seen Buddy healed. It seems like he's been kind of checked out for a while. But then he comes in tonight and plays pretty decent. I want to talk about this in the next section, so I don't want to touch on it too much here, but I was going to just lay into him, and I was going to ask you about, let's go down the roster and let's say you who's checked out. Into him. Yeah, who's checked out, who's still in. I mean, it's but not he like saved the guy himself. had 50 tonight. That's he had 18 true. points. It's true, but if you look over the last couple weeks of basketball, 18 points is like his last five games combined. Exactly. So lay into him. Give it to him. <laughs> you know you want it. I hate this shot selection. I hate the ISO. I hate the bad shots. I hate him trying to dribble the ball. Just get him the ball when he's open and shoot the effing ball. That's all I want him to do. Yeah, but even then, like, he'll find a way to mess that up. He will. All right, are we all ready here? Everyone's good? Can we all take a shot here? Yeah. We're, we're taking a shot for Anthony likes. Anthony wants to know what beer you're drinking also. Oh, I am drinking... Uh, it's a hazy IPA from Waikiki Brewing Company, and, where I uh, used to be a brewer, but the I'm new thinking. brewer made this beer especially for us, and uh, I have a keg on tap, so it's beautiful. We do. We're very lucky here. Oh, there you go. And Gotham said... We're all vaccinated here, so... They're calling me... What was it, my nickname now? Vinny Squatch, because we so rarely see Vinny Squatch. Oh, I dude, like I love that name. I like that. Vinny Squatch. Vinny Squatch. I also saw a Go Sax cheer, uh, chant in the chat. So I, I appreciate that. Go Sax. I'm all in. I'm all in for the Sax. I'm all in for the Sax. All right, Calvin. I mean, I feel like the only good way to end this section would be us probably drinking five more beers and going like this and listening to music for 15 minutes. But, uh, we yeah, probably I mean, can't do that. Everybody's, so it's like, uh, I think our friend trade, we'll just call him trade because every what about name T? is different. Just call T. him T. Yeah. T. Um, he said that it's like the Kings just won the championship. So I do not feel party like way. it's uh 1999, I guess. I don't know. Party like it's what 1962 or something, <laughs> 1961. I do not feel that way. I do not feel like they just won a championship. However, I'm always happy for a Kings victory. So 
I will take that. Yeah, 50 likes in Gothens drinking a double, he said. There you go. Double vodka and Mountain Dew, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we are going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Kings with a ground the crown. Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond, Calvin. Join the Royal Family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, you might as well smash up that like button. Calvin, I got to say it again here. Kings win tonight. 112-101 over the KD-less Brooklyn Nets. As Lane says, playoffs, here we Come. That's when I want the button right. next to me. Playoffs. Talking about playoffs. And then I got my. But uh, we didn't even go over your keys to the game. But I'm just gonna state them real quick. Calvin's key to the Nets game was score more points than the Nets. So that was actually your key to the game. I had no keys. I said, I'll take credit play- for they're it. They're playing one of the best teams in the league. They suck right now. Yeah. They need to do everything better. And you said. Score more points would be a good key. Maybe I should start writing the keys because we're one and zero when I'm writing the keys to the game. Maybe just saying. Maybe. I mean that could be my key to every game, and that's exactly what they did tonight. All right, Calvin. So in today's news, Halliburton and Mitchell have both been named to the Rising Stars game tournament bracket field, whatever it is now. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a three-game elimination. But uh, they're there. So what does that mean for Sacramento? Well, for Sacramento, that means they have two, uh, you know, up-and-coming players. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean much in the NBA. I mean, it's good to have, don't get me wrong, but as you can tell from every other podcast that we've done this season, it takes more than that. So I want to give you a quote from my mom. This is probably 10 years old. She said, I don't care if you miss. This is, this is in reference to shooting for the moon, blah, blah, blah. I don't care if you miss, but I at least want to hear the gun go off. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about this, right? Is like they've made it to the rising stars game. Are they rising stars? I would say Halliburton is yes. Davion, I like what I've seen so far, but uh, I'm not going to make any rash decisions already. But I'm hearing the gun go off, and they're launching in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. But again, it's like you have to see the big picture. Those two and De'Aaron Fox all play the same position. So it's great to have rising stars on your team, but if they all play the same position your team's probably not going to do very well. <laughs> I mean, what, am I right? You said you were asking tough questions tonight. Oh, I'm asking I'm ready tough for questions. The tough answers. I'm going to say things that you don't want me to Lane's say. Lane's about to fire me up here. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Bogey was rising star MVP. I get it. And he's playing great for the Atlanta Hawks. And every Kings fan wishes that they would have gave up Buddy and kept Bogey at this point. So, but that's I mean, the thing is, like, how much better do you really think the team would be if they kept Bogey and traded Buddy? 
Everything else is the same. So James Ham today. Do they have 21 wins James, instead of 19? James Ham today said if the Kings kept Vladi Divox as the GM, Bogey would still be on the team and they'd be in the playoffs this season. See, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. And I fell into the trap over the past couple seasons of thinking this team is making the right strides. They're getting better. They they could be or they should be a playoff team. But as it stands today, they're not good enough. The collection of players is just not good enough. That doesn't mean that they don't have talent on this team or that there aren't bright spots or rising stars. Yep. But as a team, they're not good enough. And they've had this same group of people, you know, the core or whatever that you want to talk about. Barnes, Buddy, Fox, mm-hmm. Holmes. For a few years now. And they haven't made any improvements. That brings me to my next subject. Over the last five games, I, I don't want to be negative, guys. I don't want to sound negative. But prepping for this podcast tonight, before the game, I was very negative. I mean, how could you not be negative? You're on a seven-game losing streak. You're playing against the Nets and the Warriors next. It is not looking good. Your best players, uh, I don't want to say refusing to play, but his ankle hurts too hard, and there's not been diagnosed an actual injury to the ankle. But, Calvin, the average margin of loss over the last five games is 20 points. 20 points. That's a bottom dweller in the NBA. And on top of that, one of those games they lost by 53. So that skews your numbers a little bit, right? We saw some other losses there. But you just say, okay, over the last 50 games, if you were to average 20-point losses, that means over the last five games they've lost or, or been down by over 100 points combined. That's they were crazy. down by almost a hundred points in two games back to back. That's crazy, dude. That it just blows my mind. It blows my mind that I don't want to throw shade of Vivek because I love Vivek, but you're still trying to make the playoffs, man. You're still trying to make the playoffs. This team has almost lost twice as many games as it's won. You're getting blown out. You already yeah. fired your coach. Your best player's not playing. We're already halfway into the season. And the thing about the Kings over the past couple years, or I guess three or four years, that's different from one of these, one of the worst teams in in the league, is that they go through these random hot streaks. They'll beat the Clippers on in LA on Super on uh, the day of the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, that was when they were all healthy. Yeah, we loved it. And you watch that game and you're like, this team, they they look like they could be a real team. Yep. And then they end up with two nine-game losing streaks in that same season after that. It's like coronavirus, right? Some people have so no they, symptoms. Exactly. Other people they, die. They give you just enough to make you want to hang on to hope. Yep. And then they break your heart. And that's exactly what tonight was, Right. <laughs> It's seven know. games you, in a if row. You got a ton of hope off of this game, this one game. I, I want whatever you're drinking. I, I'm just saying collectively, right? You look at the Kings in the past. You lost seven games in a row. 
The last five, average margin of loss is 20 points. And then you go ahead and beat the Nets tonight. What if they beat the Warriors tomorrow? I mean, it's not likely, but there's a reason they play all the games, right? Yes. So we didn't think they were going to win tonight, and they end up winning. Yeah. Potentially. I didn't think James Harden and Kyrie were going to combine for two of uh, 26 from yeah. the field either, or seven of 26 from the field. Potentially they could win tomorrow night, and that's that false hope that they give you, and that's what Vivek yeah. is kind of clinging on to, right, is he's like – I've seen this team. Yeah, exactly. Monty McNair is clinging on to that as well. I've seen this team play well sometimes. And if only we could do that every night, we would be in the playoffs. And that's the problem, right? Because you and I talk about it. That's the difference between a good player and a great player, right? Is a good player can play exceptional sometimes. But a great player plays exceptional every time. Well, not not every time. I mean, Steph has had a ton of bad shooting days. Yep. But the difference is it's the team around you. The Warriors are a great team because even if Steph has, goes 5 for 20 from the field, they have enough good players and they have a culture and a system that they play the same way every day. You know, they just beat, who was it yesterday? They didn't have Steph, Draymond, or Clay. I forget who they were playing. They were down big in the game. They still ended up winning. Jordan Poole has a great game. And they talked about it afterwards. The reason that the Warriors are capable of doing those things is because they groom their players the same way. It doesn't matter if you're Steph Curry or if you're the 14th or 15th guy off the bench. They play the same style. They share the ball. Everyone has to be expected to to step up when they get their opportunity. If you've got an open shot, you're going to take it. You know, it's like we talked about with the Nets tonight. They're not an equal opportunity scoring team. Nicholas Claxton had a great game tonight. But some of these guys, if James Harden and Kyrie Irving are struggling and Durant is out, they're not used to having the ball in their hands or being expected to score. So all of a sudden they're changing the way they play mid-game. The Warriors don't do that. Everybody plays the same way every single time. Same with Phoenix. Thank you for the uh, segue into my next subject. This is a quote from James Ham today on a podcast. He said, you don't have a team. You have a collection of players. I want to hear your thoughts on the difference between a team and a collection of players, which apparently the Kings have at this point, and that is the reason why they are struggling. A, a team has a set of goals and a belief in themselves, and they have a an identity and a style of play. Like they, they're consistent. They, they might not be the best team in the league. They're probably not going to be the worst team in the league, but they have essentially the easiest way I can say it is they have an identity and a system that they stick to. Exactly. And it's Which a, the Kings don't have. It's an organizational thing. It starts at the top and it trickles yep. its way down. You yep. can't Damn. have, your head coach be the end-all, be-all. Your GM sees it a different way, and the owner is stuck in the middle or the owner mm-hmm. is trying to play favorites or something like that. Everyone's got to be on the same team. Everyone's got to be committed. I'm not saying that the Kings players aren't committed, but you look at it, their, their team, their organization. They've had multiple different co- head coaches over the past few years. 
they haven't really had a continuity of style of play or, you know, we always talk about who's the leader on this team, who's the star, who's the best player. If you don't know the answers to those questions, then your team is in trouble. They just are. Yep, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, man. Yeah, you know, I don't want to keep going back to James Ham, but I've been watching a lot of James Ham stuff this week, and so I want to talk about kind of the things that he's been concerned about. That's one of them. But on top of that, you have guys like Deer and Fox that aren't even playing right now. And I want to preface this. Sorry, guys. I'm going to say a lot of uh, inappropriate th- things you could say or or not uh, PC-friendly things, stuff like that. But according to James Ham, De'Aaron Fox is full of shit, man. He said he's even heard from De'Aaron Fox's camp that it's not an ankle sprain. And basically, at this point, it's up to... Uh, what is his pain tolerance? What can he play with? I don't even know how many games in a row now he's sat out where he's just like, I've warmed up, can't go. I think this is number six. Is this related to the trade rumors? Can we expect to see him af- back after February 10th? Or is this a Ben Simmons situation? Well, the problem is it's all speculation. And whenever it's all speculation that's usually not a good thing i mean for your for the player that is supposed to be your franchise player your leader um even though i think most people don't view him that way but that's what he is supposed to be for this team right if you're going to and i under i totally understand his side of things you've been there for five years all you've done is suck yep the team hasn't made a huge effort to get you legitimate help in other places. They've drafted more point guards. They've made these little itty bitty trades. Um, They haven't really, you know, shown you that you're our guy and we're going to do whatever it takes for this to succeed. We're going to put the people around you. And Luke was his guy. They fired head coaches. Yeah. All that stuff. So I understand he's got to be very, very frustrated. But like you said, at some point guys do quit. Everyone has their limit. Some people's limit is way above others. I don't know what De'Aaron Fox's limit is, but I worry that he's reached it. Yeah, I I agree. And, you know, firing a guy that he had so much support for in Luke Walton. And I don't I don't want to lie. Calvin and I wanted Luke Walton fired as well. You know, I never wanted him hired. Exactly. And, you know. I hated Luke because he's a Laker, like straight up, no lie. I didn't like him because he was a Laker. You have some success with the Golden State Warriors, yes. Who wouldn't with that team? He goes on, he gets his dream job with the Lakers. He gets fired. The Kings hire him right away. They don't do their due diligence. They don't interview anybody else. They just say, Luke was the guy we wanted last time. He went to the Lakers. Now is our chance. We're hiring him. And I'm going to touch back on what James Ham said. You get stuck in this cycle where the GM 
there comes a point where the GM is looking more out for himself than for the team, right? If your owner is shouting and saying, I want to win now. I want to win now. We need to win now. If you're the GM, your focus changes. You're not looking at proper moves to help this team in two years from now or three years from now because potentially you're gone. So he's in this race. He's in this mindset of like, I need to get better now because my job is on the line. The Kings don't matter. I matter. And the only way I'm going to keep my job is I do what the, what the owner wants or whatever I think is going to lead to some short-term success now. And that is the biggest problem, right? Is we can't have guys sacrificing the future to win right now. And I feel like we're at a crossroads, right? Everything we've heard from Vivek, and I I don't want to put down Vivek. I've constantly been a Vivek supporter. I will always support him because he kept the, the Kings in Sacramento. And on his side, Vivek has never done anything intentionally to hurt the Kings. Maybe he's said stupid things, you know, like, what if we played four on and we had a cherry picker or stuff like that? Like, Stupid things happen. People say stupid things. But he's never intentionally been a bad owner. You looked at some of these guys like Donald Sterling, James Dolan. Some of these guys have intentionally hurt their franchises. Vivek has never been this guy. He's always wanted what's the best for the Kings. But maybe he's looking at it in a very short-sighted context at this point instead of looking at the big picture. But forcing a guy like Monty to make a move To win now, otherwise Monty's fired, can hurt the Kings. And I don't think he's done that. I kind of like the fact, you know, obviously I want a move to happen just like everybody else. But you look at the moves that Monty has actually made, I think they've helped the team. Even the trades that fell apart, the Bogdan sign-in trade. Everyone says Bogdan, the Kings lost him for nothing. You look at Isaiah Thomas. You look at some of these other guys. The Kings have had talented players. They've lost them for absolutely nothing. He tried his best. He tried to get that sign and trade with the Bucks. They would have had Dante yeah. DiVincenzo. That yeah. would have helped the Kings. They, he was trading Buddy Heald to the Lakers for guys like Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. That would have helped the Kings. Those were good deals. Yep. And they fell apart. So I have to commend him in the fact that he has not just fallen aside to like, okay, I need to save my job. I need to make a trade to help them right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you said. There's just always two sides to every story, right? I mean, we talked just a minute ago about the difference between a team and a collection of players. Everyone in the moment was really, really over the moon about the draft picks, Tyrese and Davion. But you have that best available strategy of draft picks that leads to a collection of players ultimately, right? Because you didn't maybe take the right pick to fill out the team or the roster or the starting lineup better. You took who you thought was the best available player. It's a, really difficult argument to have because obviously drafting Tyrese was a great move. 
He's been a really, really good player. He's yeah. helped this team a lot. A lot of people have argued or debated over whether or not he and De'Aaron Fox are a good pairing together. But De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton as your starting backcourt is better than a lot, not all, but better than a lot of starting backcourts, I yep, would say. I agree. So it's a really difficult, um, you know, again, line to straddle. But I, I agree, you know, th- People are starting to pile on Monty McNair right now, and that's obviously because this trade deadline is coming up really shortly. There's a lot of pressure on him. The Kings are having a very bad year, especially with the expectations they had coming in. So he is going to – that's the nature of the beast and the job. You're going to have so much pressure built up on you, especially around this time. Even if you're a contending team, you're going to have pressure as the GM on you. But it comes down to – making that move you have to make that move and take that chance take a risk i think king's fans will at the end of the day still uh you know give you props or at least say that you did you were doing your best effort at your job if this trade deadline comes and passes and there aren't any major moves made i don't know what the plan is other than we're just trying to lose games without saying it yeah. Which, if that's the plan, then that's the plan. Like, if the Kings brass came out tomorrow and said, Who's this Nikki? season's <laughs> over, we're, we're not going to, we can't make it the deal we want for Ben Simmons. He was our prized piece. So we're going to kind of chill here at the trade deadline. Maybe we'll try and trade for some draft picks for next season. Yeah. But the plan is to get a better draft position. That's a really hard thing for an organization to say, but I think a lot of people would be relieved if they said that. Yeah. And this draft pick is just getting more valuable day in and day out, right? Every day it's getting more and more and more valuable. But, you know, one of the things that I've been so, uh, I guess, against in the past with some of these GMs is the fact that they have made bad trades, right? Like, Vlade Divox is like, we're going to sign guys in the offseason, so I'm trading away a first-round pick and some of these salaries to clear space so that I can sign a free agent. We all know that Sacramento doesn't sign free agents. It it would be great. In a perfect world, we would be signing these guys. But that, for me, was a bad trade. respect first before you get that. That was a bad trade. Monty has not made any bad trades. Oh, I definitely wouldn't say he's made a bad trade. Yeah, but... I get what you're saying, and it makes sense. A lot of people are like, something needs to happen now. It yeah. needs to happen now. A trade needs to happen now. And, and but let's Calvin, be honest. let's look at his. Let's look at who Monty's. Uh, who his mentor was? Yeah. Who Who is Monty's mentor? Uh, his name is Daryl Morey. And where does he work? Works in Philadelphia currently. And what's currently happening in Philadelphia? They got a big mess on their hands named Ben Simmons that they can't clean up. He's playing hardball. So if your mentor is is in this situation and that's the guy that you learned from for 13 years and you're in similar situations with guys like Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley who nobody thought was going to be on the Kings this this season. Nobody thought they were going to be on the Kings. They wanted to be traded. Monty tried to trade them, but he – Realize and he said, okay, 
well, I'm not getting what I want or I'm not getting equal value kind of sounds like a guy in Philadelphia, right? Who's had a guy, he hasn't been able to trade. He hasn't pulled the trigger because he hasn't got equal value or what he thought he's worth. But at least Monty is... Different situations, but yes, similar. At least these guys are playing in Sacramento. Yeah. I try to look for positives. You know, Marvin Bagley's injured right now. I I think it is a real injury. (laughs) But Buddy Heald has been disengaged. We saw him play decent tonight. At least he's these guys are professionals and they're showing up to work. I don't know how much Buddy Hield's performance over the last seven games or ten games or twenty, whatever games you want to say, has really helped his trade value. But at least he's not saying, I refuse to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least he's not doing that. I mean, it just it's a it's less of a headache for the Kings coaching staff and the Kings front office. If people like that don't go that route, you know, I mean, for us fans, like how how many people in this chat right now would be upset if buddy healed tomorrow came out and said, you know what? I don't want to play for Sacramento. anymore. My ankle hurts. We'd all be like, bye. See you later. Um, So it's just a different situation. And when it comes to Monty McNair, you you also got to think like he comes he comes into a very difficult situation when he, immediately when he gets hired. This is a team that now has the longest playoff streak in NBA in the NBA. This is a team that struggles. They're a small market team. They can't go out and sign big free agents. You know, the the Knicks, for example, they've been bad for a long time, but they're still the New York Knicks. Like even though people say, well, they couldn't sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and all this stuff, the the Knicks still have a lot of value just based on their name. The Kings don't have that. Yep. And now the Kings have this playoff drought on top of them. So you come into a situation, you haven't even finished your second year, but the pressure is going to be much, much more amplified on you because of those things. Because you're in a, a small market team. You're in a team. You're in an organization that has been bad for a long time. The organization has a really loyal fan base that really wants this team to be good. All of those things work against you right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you're, you have to know your days are numbered automatically, which is why I think that you have to take a chance right now, whether it's trading for a guy like miles Turner, who you and I both really love who's hurt right now. And it might mean that they lose more games going, you know, in the long run or in the short term, Yep. but he comes back next year healthy and they have a much better team plus a good draft pick or trading for a guy like Ben Simmons, or, you know, they need to make a splash. When's the last time that Sacramento really took a chance it was probably Weber and Bibby. Yeah. I mean, uh, Rudy Gay was a late, late yeah, addition. Yeah, but Rudy Gay wasn't the same player as Chris Weber. Yeah, like that's true. And, and that's what I'm saying. There are those types of people who are available right now. Yeah. So get it done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Something needs to happen. We need to make a change. And I see a couple guys here. I want to give a shout-out to Dave Yeager. He's officially back with the Philadelphia 76ers after undergoing some yes, uh, cancer very treatments. very happy to hear that. So very, very happy to see him back. And, hey, who knows? Maybe he could be back with Sacramento. I, I know I would love that, but uh, would the Kings is the question. <laughs> All right, Calvin, let's talk about Deer and Fox here. We mentioned the ankle injury uh whatever it 
potentially is. You know, the the training staff says it's nothing. He says he has some pain. They've done MRIs. They've done everything. They say there's no ankle sprain. There's no ankle injury. It's a pain tolerance at this point. I hate to keep going back to James Hamm, but I got to bring him up again. He's a smart man, James Hamm. He told me a story. Or, or on one of his podcasts, he was telling a story about Doug Christie. About Doug Christie's last year with the Sacramento Kings. Doug Christie had an ankle injury. The Kings training staff, everything told him it wasn't a big deal. He didn't have anything wrong with him. He thought it was bigger. He, he knew it was injured, and he thought it was bigger than they were making it out to be. Kings up trading him to Orlando. He plays a few weeks in Orlando. He's not playing too well. Decides he's going to get surgery on his ankle. It's supposed to be a one-hour procedure. They're going to clear up a bone spur, blah, 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 whatever. It ends up lasting over six hours. Apparently, the bone was growing around and over his tendon and preventing any flexibility in the ankle. And it was a big deal that the Kings flat out missed. Yeah. He ends up recovering from the surgery in full, being able to return, has full mobility of the ankle. Not saying that this is what's currently happening with De'Aaron Fox, but it's possible teams have missed things in the past. We saw about the whole Kawhi Leonard thing with San Antonio. Yeah. We've seen this happen in the past. So I just kind of want to hear your thoughts about Deer and Fox. Is this a serious issue? Is this something the Kings have missed? Is this something he's making up? Is it something in the middle? Where do we go from here? Oh, man. Well, where do we go from here is a tough question to answer. Uh, I'll start with saying, I mean, injuries are a tough thing. You know, you can't always... Doctors are human. You know, they, they don't always find the answer right away. Um, quick, short side story, and you know this story very well because you were there that day. I broke and dislocated my elbow when I was 14 years old. I fell on the ground. I knew something was wrong immediately. I got to the doctor's office. They took x-rays of my arm. They said, we don't know what's wrong with your elbow or what's wrong with your arm. My elbow was like the size of my head at that point. Yep. They said, we're going to have to x-ray your other your arm. Your head was much smaller at this point. Yes. I didn't have as much hair. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to have to take x-rays of your other arm and compare the two. And from there, they figured out what happened. So like things like that happen in the medical world all the time. You, you don't always find the answer right away. And when it comes to an indi- individual person, everybody is different. So yep. pain tolerance is different. Um, your overall psyche is different. The way you deal with an injury for everyone is different. Some guys are, for some reason, able to go out there and tough it out and hit two free throws after they tore their Achilles or their ACL or something mm-hmm. like that. Some guys are not. So I, I don't – it's so hard to speculate as to what the actual issue is with his ankle. All that being said – This is a very serious issue for the Kings, regardless of what the outcome is or what the situation is, whether he is actually more hurt than we really believe 
that's a serious situation because he's your star player. He's on yep. a max contract. If he really is hurt, more hurt or needs surgery or something like that, they better figure it out now so he's ready for next season. If it's the opposite of that and that he's in essentially faking it because he doesn't want to play with his team anymore, obviously that's a huge issue as well because now you've got – you've basically turned – you know, it's like Anakin Skywalker. He was your – your star, you're the savior, you know, and yep. you turned him against you pretty much. Yep. So it's a big deal no matter what. I don't know what's going to happen here. My gut instinct says that it's not that serious of an injury and that he would rather not play right now because, like we said before, he's reached his breaking point. Uh, that's uh, It's totally speculation. I don't really know what the deal is, but... It certainly feels that way to me. Yeah. I also saw a quote for him saying that uh, he's had a lack of mobility in that ankle for a year and a half now. So this could be a lingering problem or a lingering issue, or it could be a real problem that's been bothering him for a year plus, and he just well, finally reached the, the case, point. It would be pretty scary to see him at 100%. Exactly. Because he's looked pretty mobile for the past exactly. couple of years. But he could have finally reached the point where he's like, it's not worth risking my injury that I already have for a team that sucks. Yeah. Right? And they also, when I was watching the podcast earlier today, they also brought up Shaq. Shaq had yeah. an injury, ankle injury, in Miami that wasn't getting better. And he went to Phoenix, and all of a sudden, Phoenix revitalized his career, and it was seven seconds or Shaq, and he was playing incredible basketball. So, you know, it's it's really uh, – there's so much that goes into a successful basketball team, right? Like, we talk about the players. We talk about the coaching staff. We talk about ownership, front office. Like, there's so much more that goes into that. There's fans – there's medical staff. There's just like, it, it's everything together. And, you know, you've talked about a little bit of luck in the past too, right? Is important. Oh, it's always if, important if for every team. Your team has a little bit of luck. You're able to avoid injuries or you're able to do this or do that. Like it could change your season for sure. But De'Aaron Fox Look sitting at the San out. Francisco 49ers. Yeah. But De'Aaron Fox sitting out at this point is just not a good look for Sacramento. No, it's not a good look. The rumors going around, to, to the losing streak. The, yeah, you also have to think about what the state of the NBA is today, right? It's much more promoted now for if you don't feel 100% or if you know, you're, true, true. you got a sore ankle or you got a sore elbow or something like that, take the night off. Um you know, in the nineties, the eighties guys couldn't afford to do that. They couldn't go to the coach and be like, coach, I don't feel great today. Or, or, you know, my ankle kind of hurts because they might lose their spot altogether. You sit that one game, some guy comes in and yes, that can still happen today, but uh, you're the, the players have so much power in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. And LeBron James obviously helped create that culture. Yep. But you look at Kawhi Leonard, you look at other people like that who started taking that that route of I'm not going to risk my long-term health or even my short-term health for one game just so that 
you know, I can make the coach or the fans happy or whatever. I'm, I'm back to, I'm looking at the long-term picture here. And maybe Darren Fox is doing that as well. I don't know. But you typically don't see that on a team that is really bad or loses a lot of games. Like that, that right there is a red flag. It's like, yep. well, you're just sitting out because you know the team is terrible and the trade deadline is in a few days. Can you text Alex? He said he wants to join us. I don't yeah. have Alex's number, but I can hit him up on Instagram if you're on Instagram right now. Vinny, can you send him a link to the to the Zoom? So he, he wants to join us in tonight. Ryan, we did win tonight. I hope you're celebrating because I know I am. Uh, Kings beat the Brooklyn Nets 112-101, and it feels, it feels pretty good. Even though they've lost a ton it of games. It always feels good it to win does a game. feel good. YT, you know, Daryl Morey has been trying to get Halliburton, but I don't think the Kings are selling Halliburton. So I, I don't know if you could blame Daryl Morey for that at this point. Brian says, Cal, you're on fire tonight. Thanks, I Brian. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. DeMarcus Cousins is in Fox's ears telling him how bad of an organization Sacramento is. It's very, very possible. Alfie says Calvin is on beast mode tonight. That's good, dude. You're rolling. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've gotten to this point where it's like you said, before the show started tonight, we were both in a bad mood, right? Sour about the team. And this win, it like, it amplifies that. It's like it doesn't. I don't want. <laughs> oh, to, they won. To get they on might the right not make side, a trade the wrong now. Side of the coin, you know exactly. It's like, oh, we just beat one of the best teams in the league. Well, no. I mean, yes, they did, but their best players either didn't play or had shit games, and it's one game. Anything could happen. But it just comes back to the same old thing for me at this point with this team is that. They, they're they're not there. They're so far away. They yep. they need to do so much stuff. And I, I I have been victim in the past of feeling like they were making strides. They're not making strides. Yep. Speaking of strides, or lack of strides, Terrence Davis is officially out for the season, having wrist surgery. Good role player. The Kings picked up late last year. Yep. Uh, one of their deadline deals, and he's out now. How does this impact the team? Well, it definitely impacts the team because we've talked a lot about the Kings bench and how much of a strength that's been. And the bench has won them games this year. They've only won 19. The bench has definitely won them some of those games. So not having a guy like Terrence Davis, who has been good off the bench and good as a starter, he's been a little inconsistent. Injuries, you know, I've obviously set him back a little bit this season. He's still young. You talked about Davion being undersized. He's another undersized player for his position. Mm -hmm. But he has that ability, kind of like Buddy Heald, to get hot at any moment. He can blow up, hit a bunch of threes. Um, you know, he's a, a valuable piece for this Kings team. The way that they're currently constructed, he's one of the guys that they kind of rely on to fill a specific role. Yep. Now that he's out... Fox is out. Davion is in the starting lineup. That makes your bench that much more susceptible, as we've seen in the past few games, to really kind of muck things up for the team. And more importantly, not available for trade that at as this well. point. That as well. 
He's out for the rest of the season, and he will probably relate, remain with the Sacramento Kings. Not that I'm uh, not on that ship, but it just uh, it takes another potential out. Speaking of trades, the Jazz lost, as we call him on the show, Joel Ingles, or Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. For the season, and they are rumored yep. to be interested in a guy like Harrison Barnes Why as a replacement. Perfect replacement. Should we fire up the trade machine here? Because that's I really, what we do on this show. So. I really don't even know if a trade is possible between Utah and Sacramento. Oh, did I get the link? Harrison Barnes makes a lot of money. There's a lot okay, going on here. I don't here. have his number. How do I send it? So, twenty million uh, okay. here. I mean, unless you're giving up a guy, oh, like Bogdanovich, which would be hilarious for Sacramento. Uh, you know, Bogdanovich for Harrison Barnes, straight up. I don't know if that's exactly worth it. I've heard rumors of Jordan Clarkson. He makes, what, $12 million a year? So you'd have to throw in. How funny would that be to bring Rudy Gay back to Sacramento where he uh, is, quote-unquote, in basketball? Jared Butler, I like Hell. that. Key Kings, I like where your head's at. How do you feel about this deal, Calvin? Clarkson and Rudy Gay for Harrison Barnes. Done deal. Absolutely done deal. Does this help both teams? I, I'm not so sure how willing... Utah is going to be to part ways with Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he's been amazing for them. Yeah. They've had a lot of guys be really good for them. But Jordan Clarkson has really kind of, I feel like, come into who he is as a player on that team. Mm-hmm. He's won a six-man of the year there. So I think it's a great deal for the Kings. I think the Jazz are, it's not a, terrible deal because they're getting a player that they can really use and fits their system really well really really well i mean imagine harrison barnes on that team all they do is share the ball get open threes for everybody he's a good rebounder he moves well without the ball they're a very willing passing team um he fits in excellent on that squad but you're giving up jordan clarkson who's been tremendous for them but is so this a like, good trade for sacramento that actually make you better but is this a good trade for sacramento you're bringing in another point guard who's locked up for two more years at 12 million and rudy gay who's locked in for another two years i know Jordan the king's Clarkson's not a point guard i mean he's listed here as point guard 12 million i don't care what they list him at he is not a point guard you take him he's as a, a shooting, shooting guard 100 percent okay. a shooting guard okay He's like the definition of a shooting guard. But you're basically trading a guy in Harrison Barnes for two two guys that are locked up for the next two to three years. Yeah. Monty's preach flexibility. That's true. Do these guys move the needle for Sacramento? Does it help them next season? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I would much rather have Jordan Clarkson on this team than Buddy Heald. Like, that's a huge upgrade to me, in my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, there are more things that the Kings have to get done after this because that's what we've said, you know, the whole past couple of months. It's not one deal that's going to fix this team. It's multiple things that have to happen. Mm -hmm. 
I think this is a great start, though. Yeah, and on that uh, topic, I want to talk about the last thing in this section, and that's rebuilding the Kings. James Ham seems to be in the camp where the Kings need to fire everybody on this team. They need to trade every player on this team except for Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton. Trade them for anybody. He said it doesn't matter. Whatever you can get, trade them for because maybe that's not the guy you're aiming for, but that will give you uh, assets to trade for the guy you do want. So maybe they decide, okay, it's the deadline. I'm trading away Fox. I'm trading away um, Buddy Heald. I'm trading away Bagley. I'm trading away Holmes. I'm trading away Barnes just to get assets. And then I revisit that in the offseason, and I sign a new head coach. I figure out what style of play we're going to play, and then I make deals and I draft guys. Maybe I have a top-five pick that complement that style of play. I want to hear your thoughts on this because I know you're not a tank guy, but I feel like the writing on the wall is is here this season. We're not making the playoffs. The play-in is a joke, in my opinion, at this point. They need to do something. Is it complete and utter rebuild from the bottom or from the top up necessary? Is it necessary? That's a question that I can't answer just because I don't know what potential deals that the Kings could be making right now. I, I don't know what Monty McNair, the conversations he's having with people. I mean, I sure as hell hope he's calling these teams and asking, is Jeremy Grant available? What's it going to take to get him? What about Miles Turner? What about Sabonis? What about Simmons? All these guys, you know, he, he's got to be doing that, but I just don't know what, what's available. So again, we we've talked about it multiple times on the show. They need to pick a direction. So if that direction 100%. is a rebuild, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's fucking do it. Let's stop being in this middle lane that gets nowhere where we think we're maybe good enough to be a playing team. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And the fact that we've missed the playoffs for so long is the only reason that anyone hung on to that possibility. Like, oh, we're, we're so close. We're almost a 500 team. We're almost in a play-in tournament. Yep. We're almost in the play. We're almost the eight seed that gets swept first round. Like, we, we would just be excited to see those things because it's been so long. But at this point, do what you think is best for the team. If there's a deal out there that you think is going to improve this team, either for the rest of this season and give you a chance to make the playoffs with the assumption that it continues into long-term success, or a deal for an injured player like Miles Turner that you think it's not this year, but it's next year where we make the, the major improvements, then do that. Yep. If you can't get that deal done, then yes, let's rebuild this team. And my argument to that is, why does it have to be Tyrese Halliburton is the only player you're not trading? I know people are really getting on De'Aaron Fox, but what if you just kept him and built, built around him? I, you know, He still hasn't really been given, I think, the proper tools or the proper teammates to really be his best in this league yet. 
So why does it have to be Tyrese? Just because he's I on mean, a cheaper contract, I you're agree still going to have to pay him at the end of the day. But Darren Fox is, uh, I, I want to say quit on this team. Why do you want to quit her? But that's my point. It didn't have to get to this. He didn't have to quit on this team. He said the whole time he's been in Sacramento, I love it here. I want to be here. I want this team to be good. What did this organization do for him? They didn't do anything in the five years that he's been here. Yep, that's true. It's a tough spot, and the issues just continue to compound on each other. I'm all in for a, for a full rebuild at this point because I think it is necessary. If you're going to change the culture, uh, you need to get rid of everybody. And I'm tired of these half-assed rebuilds. Really, it's but, either way you look at it, it's a full rebuild. Because if, yeah. if we're talking about making deals, the Kings are not a win-now team. But if you talk about win-now or, like, really you're trying to get to that playoffs right here, right now, it's still pretty much a rebuild because – this roster is not good together. So you're going to have to move a bunch of players anyway. Yep. Which is kind of like a mini rebuild in itself. So let's, let's go over the roster here. Alvin Gentry was asked on whether guys had quote unquote quit on the team. And he gave a pretty diplomatic answer. But I, I think for me, it's pretty clear that there are players that have given up or quit on the Kings. They want to be traded. They're welcoming a trade. I kind of want to go down the entire roster here, Calvin, and hear your opinion on whether this player has quit or not quit. I know I'm putting you in a tough position, but I told you I was going to ask tough questions. Let's do it. So let's start right here at the top with Harrison Barnes. I don't feel like you can say Harrison Barnes has quit. Uh, Okay. I mean, it it just – I don't know the guy, but everything about him, his personality, you know, he's a champion in this league. Like He's happy to be a professional basketball yeah, player. Yeah. And he's going to do his job. What about Mo Harkless? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably not going to have solid answers one way we or could, another we on could any do, particular We could do kind of here, like a real like, estate transaction one, here. Where one thing I'll yes, say. Yes, no, or not to my knowledge. Okay. Well, I'll say not to my knowledge, I guess, but. One one thing I will say is it's obvious that Her- that Mo Harkless is frustrated with this team. Oh yeah, he's one of the few people on the team that you can actually see it on his face during the game. Yep. The problem with that is he's not one of the best players he, on this. Yeah, team. he doesn't have the talent to back it up. <laughs> so it's great to have that guy, but if that's if that guy is going to sit on the bench for five straight games and then maybe play ten minutes after that, yeah. That's not going to change much for your team. He'd be great on a dodgeball team. Where you, he'd be good on a contending team. Yeah. Like A lot of the players the Kings have would be great on comp- contending teams. Harrison yeah. Barnes, Mo Harkless would have a good role on a lot of teams in this league. I mean, you know, anybody. Davion Mitchell would have a really good role on a contending team. Yep. Um, it, it just, it's just tough. All right, well, let's keep moving down here then. Rashawn Holmes. Now, Rashawn hasn't quit. Like so, Davion Mitchell definitely hasn't quit. Tyrese Halliburton no hasn't played long enough. Both of those guys have not been in the league or on the Kings long enough to quit. Metu again hasn't played long enough. Also fighting for a, a roster spot. Lewis King fighting Damn. his life out for a roster spot. Damian definitely Jones. can't quit. Yeah, 
No, no, he hasn't quit. These Buddy guys Heald. are trying to play. Buddy Heald has quit, in my opinion. Marvin Bagley. Mentally. I feel like Marvin Bagley did quit, and then Luke Walton got fired, and Alvin Gentry looked at him and said, we need you. <laughs> and it kind of reinvigorated, reinvigorated him. Darren Fox. As much as I want to say he hasn't quit, what is happening right now is re- makes it really, really hard for me to say that he hasn't. He just continues to do things that make it look like he doesn't want to be a part of this team. So that's my whole point was, was why would you want to keep guys that quit? And before you answer that, I want to wel- welcome Alex from the Hair and Beard podcast back to the show. What's up, Alex? Thank you so up, much for joining doing? us. It's good to see you. How's your evening? It's good. A King's win always means, you know, it's, it's a little bit better, but I'm very confused because just, just as you guys have said, you guys, you guys have done fantastic today, by the way, just spitting out fire today. Great job, guys. <laughs> Thank you. That's Calvin. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, we, we play, we play so shitty that I'm kind of accustomed to it. And then it's when we play good, it's like, you know, I, I don't let myself get confused, but of course you're thinking like, uh, why, why isn't that there more often? But it, it is what it is. Uh, just to answer your question shortly, having a nice night, it was nice to see the squad get a win. And, um, yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, so all of you watching, I don't know if you've uh, watched the Hair and Beard podcast, but make sure you guys check it out. We will post it down in the description of this video. Awesome content, Kings, wrestling, whatever your fancy, they talk about it. So, Alex, we're uh, we're discussing a really tough subject here, and I, I kind of put Calvin on the spot, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but we are talking about... Kings players that have quit on the team. You know, Calvin and I, we kind of went down the entire roster here looking at guys. I'm not going to bring you all the way through there. But if if you were to name a couple guys on this roster that you were to say have quit on the Sacramento Kings, who would it be? I really hope Fox hasn't. And you guys make good points. There's reasonings where I can see if – depending on the severity of the, of the ankle. I really hope he has it. I, man, again, I hope he has it. If he has, that would break my, my little heart, honestly. Um, but I, I would say kind of buddy. Cause there's times he's just like Cal says, buddy Chuck it. Uh, I mean, he's just throwing it nonstop. I can't take credit I mean? for that nickname, by the way. I don't know who gave us that in the chat, but it came from one of our chats. It's fire. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Me too. Me too. Even um, though it so means that he sucks, I still love it. <laughs> um, trying to besides him, I mean, Tyrese looks like he's still young enough to where he he still cares. So is Davion, of course. Um, Harkless, I I remember him getting mad at Buddy before and you know yelling at him, and so I think he does care, but. You know, he, he's not the most talented guy for sure. So m- maybe he hasn't. Um, you know, Jones is still young enough to care too, it seems like. Uh, Holmes Holmes is, is, a, is a guy that I'm very confused about right now because on the outside looking in, he's this guy that's not good at one particular thing, but he hustles, right? That's his main thing is he hustles. He's like a Montrezl Herald 2.0, quote unquote. Um, 
but I don't know why it seems like ever since he put the goggles on, it's like I don't know if they're fogging fogging up or something. But he's not like the same <laughs> intense dude. I couldn't agree more, you guys. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and, and again, maybe it's because like I, I don't wear glasses, right? But like I've put them on before, and like I feel like when you take them off, you just you just feel so much open, like open, and it's kind of silly to say, but you just feel more into into life. You don't have this shield on. I know he used to wear it before. Uh, maybe he's still getting used to the goggles and used to having that shield on. Uh, I have no idea. Now, do I think he's quit? Mm, not necessarily, but he his production is just so low now. Even rebounding, it's just crazy. Um, you know. So I, again, I know I'm 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 answering politically correct with this whole tough thing. <laughs> well, it's but, all uh, speculation. I mean, there's no there's no real way to tell what the answer to any of these questions yeah. are. Like you're just giving me ammo for my next question. Yeah. <laughs> go, go for it. Go for it. All right. Well, Alex, if you were, uh, let's say Monty McNair was fired today and you were hired tomorrow. I, I just want to hear how you're finishing out the season, how you're looking at everything, what kind of deals you might be making, what what is your whole mindset on this Kings team if you are the guy in charge? I'm glad you asked this. Um, it's actually changed a lot since we've been losing. To be honest, uh, we're what 13 games below 500, I think, or 12 games or something like that. I think it's 12 now. Yep. Yeah. Um, can we still make the plan? Yeah, technically. Like if you're talking numbers wise, sure. But is that we're still going to be stuck in basketball purgatory, just trying to make the ninth, tenth seed the whole time? So I wouldn't be super mad at tanking, even though, what's his name? Leo, right? He hates the whole tanking thing. Oh, yeah. Cowboy uh, Kingdom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. We're not. We need so much holes to fill in this roster right now. I wouldn't be mad at tanking, but I wouldn't be mad at making some moves, too. So it seems like Ben Simmons is off the table, right? Um, the thing about so, the tenth in the ninth seed, though, is it's like okay, let's say you're in the tenth of the ninth seed. That doesn't mean you made the playoffs. Like it, it doesn't mean that. That means you have to win two games to make the playoffs. Like it's it's like fool's gold, right? Like it's almost like they added another spot just to make fun of us, right? Where they're like, oh, Kings, oh, it, it's here, almost got it. Yep. Oh, 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 nope. Oh, here it is. Yeah, no, you know, I, I'm not even like <laughs> a big fan of the plan because it's literally saying 20 teams out of 30 can make it, which kind of sounds silly. You know what I mean? And you're not even making it. Like you said, it's it's really the top six that are making it. Cause no, it exactly. I that, agree with you 100%. That, that the plan was a bad idea. But again, it's all it's money. All the professional sports leagues are doing this, adding yeah. playoff games that have meaning, but yeah. they don't have as much meaning you know and not it, it good just, for sacramento it adds worse teams into the playoff field is what it does so yeah and it gives us false hope too like oh guys we made it let's celebrate let's you know do all that stuff but um to, to go back on your on your question i i don't i'm not mad at the josh hart trade that i saw earlier because buddy it seems like buddy just wants to go somewhere um i wouldn't be mad at, at buddy for so you're going to send him back to the team that we traded him from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just funny how things work out sometimes. It is, it is. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like Josh Hart. He's fairly young. He plays hard, and um, I feel like he would work out good with the squad. Um, honestly, if, if, if I was the GM 
and this is just me being biased, I would try anything in the, in the world to get Zach Levine. He's my favorite player in the NBA. Jackson Hayes? Zach Levine. Oh, I'm sorry. Levine, I thought yeah. you said Jackson Hayes. Zach Levine <laughs> is your favorite player in the NBA? Oh, yeah, dude. That, when, he, when he was going to get uh, – when he signed that, that deal here um, a couple years ago, and then they matched it, Chicago matched it yep. or whatever, I was so happy. I was, oh, my God, my favorite player on my favorite team. Let's go. Um, it just – it didn't work out. I think – who knows if he still would have even been here, but Thank he's you, so man. athletic. You know what I mean? And he shoots yeah. a good – shoots the three really good. Defense isn't great, but who plays defense anyways? His firepower – I think with Fox and who else knows who would have been on the team, just would have been fantastic on the squad. No, our defense still would have been horrible, but I think we would have put up a lot of points. Uh, Zach Levine is a great player. Uh, the thing for me, what's crazy is Zach Levine is only 26 years old, yeah. which is incredible because it feels like he's been in the NBA forever. Like he has, been he's in been NBA. in dunk contests. <laughs> he's done all this stuff. Like, Shout out to Zach Levine. The Chicago Bulls are looking great. They're definitely proving everybody wrong. And I, I agree with you. I'd love to have him. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I would love to have. But I got to say, at this point, Zach Levine's not a realistic option. Oh, for sure. Definitely no. not. Definitely not. Not exactly. So is there um, anybody but... that you'd be looking to target here if you were in charge of the Kings right now? R- realistic. I, I think Josh Hart's gettable. I, I even think Sabonis is still gettable to extent too. And I'm also not mad at trading picks, especially if we can get I saw the report earlier, a first round pick for for uh for Barnes. I would love that. Just try to pile up some first round picks and make a splash move. If we can still try to entice the Ben Simmons thing, we can get us a bonus, get him for next year, bring him in, even shut him down. So they can see, you know, we're going to have Fox, Halliburton, Mitchell, and and uh, we want you to be part of the future next year. So I would love to stockpile picks, or I would love to get a Sabonis. I would love to get, of course, a Simmons, too. Um, if we can try to throw darts at a I, – I mentioned it last time, Michael Porter Jr. would be great. Yep. I like Kobe yep. White a lot, too, from the from the Bulls. He's a scorer also. Um, you know, there's a couple of those guys that I think are semi-realistic, Grant, I think, is good, too. But to me, he's very similar to what Harrison Barnes already is. So it just, again, there's there's realistic options out there. But I guess picks would be one. Try to get some picks, especially for Barnes. Maybe even for Buddy if the – well, one thing, too. Um, I know the Lakers still want Buddy, right? Um, would yep. you guys do that trade, the, the THT and a first-round pick for Buddy? Or you guys are just, no, I don't want to help the Lakers at all? I think they got to throw in a little bit more than that just to uh, match salary wise. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I'm mixed on that deal. Uh, I'm mixed on it too. Yeah. What about you, Cal? Um, I, it is going to take more than just those two in a pick because the salaries don't match, but I, I'm for it. I, I think that there aren't many deals I wouldn't do involving Buddy Heald, but <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker is somebody that could come in on this team, come off the bench, be a, a really, really good offensive player. He, he's very young. He has a lot of potential. I think he's been more consistent. He's more of a three-level scorer as opposed to Buddy Heald. He's better handling the ball than Buddy Heald is. I, I would definitely take that trade. Do you think that's the best deal they could get, though, 
That's, again, really hard to say. I just don't know what's out there. Buddy Heald hasn't really been playing that well either, so who knows what his trade value is like. I, I've said it before. I still think that contending teams are going to be all in on him because that's the best fit for him. He's not a, a, a go-to guy. Yep. He's a great outside shooter who fits along well on a really well, well-constructed team that has good team defense, so he can be hid a little bit. He's not going to have to guard the other team's best player. Um, and he doesn't have to do too much with the ball. So those are going to be the teams that are all in on him. I don't expect to see a struggling team say, well, let's take a chance and get Buddy healed because that could really improve our team. Yep. Yeah, for me, it's, you know, I, I want to trade Buddy. I, I feel like chemistry-wise, just for the Kings, getting him in – and Bagley off the team is going to help. However, they're probably not the first guys I'm trading, right? Like, okay. if, if I got my sights set on a, a Sabonis or a Miles Turner or a Ben Simmons, somebody like that, it, it's going to take more than Buddy Heald. Maybe they will want Buddy Heald. I don't know. But I, I'm not going to make these smaller moves until the big move is done first, right? Like uh, I'm going to try and do that blockbuster or whatever that big deal is first. And then I'm going to figure out the rest of the pieces. If I'm, you know, it's the same way that I play 2k and I do play 2k a lot. I like to rebuild teams on 2k. You could tell me it's unrealistic. I don't give a shit. I have fun, (laughs) but for me, Honestly, the two guys that I'm really, really hyped on right now, one of them is Miles Turner. And, uh, you know, that's the fact that I like him so much is because he's a great rim protector and because he's great at defense. But on top of that, I honestly love the fact that he's injured at this point. I do. You're a fan of Michael Porter Jr. I love Michael Porter Jr., it's unfortunate that he's injured, but I feel like if the Kings were to make a big splash and trade for one of these big guys, like let's say they traded for a Ben Simmons or one of these other guys, they're going to affect them through the rest of the season and potentially yeah. pull them out of that top five pick. But if I were to trade for a Miles Turner, a Michael Porter Jr., somebody that's not going to have a big impact on this season, I'm going to get my top five pick and I'm going to get that guy for next season. I think that's a fantastic plan, to be honest. Calvin? Yeah. No, I, I agree with that, too. Like, it, it's taking a risk for a big-name player. And also, like you said, it, it's making a, a, a move that you think is going to be better in the long run but also helps us in the short term because we get draft picks. And it's it's a dominoes game. Like, it... It's one deal that has to get done first. This season's a very over. meaningful deal. This season's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. But I still don't think that means you don't take a trade for somebody like an all-star level player just because you think this season is over. I think you take that trade because this team has good pieces on it that need other good pieces around it. And then you go from from there with what your draft pick is. Yep. Or any other draft picks that you're able to acquire. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Have an awesome evening. We will see you next week. Key Kings is talking about Jonathan Isaac. I want to hear your guys' thoughts.
I'll let you I think he's basket. solid too. He's big. He's wide. You know, he's a shot blocker. He gets rebounds. He's that's that's essentially the things that we really need. Again, as much as I think Holmes is a fan favorite, he lacks with size, of course, and he gets bodied up by like by the pretty big centers. Um, so, yeah, I think it'd be great. I think he would com- he would complement Holmes, or he would or he would we would Holmes and and you know put him in there with maybe Damian Jones or maybe it just depends who's on the roster next year, but I'm not mad at trading these guys. I'm not even mad at trading everybody not named Fox and Halliburton or even just Halliburton, depending on, I'd, again, if I was a GM, I would like to know if Fox is even all in right now because nobody knows yeah. what, he, what he's doing. That's nobody knows if he's yeah. faking it, quote unquote, or if he's actually hurt. I'd like to know, do you want to be a king, bro? Or do you want to go somewhere else? Because we can, we can do this together. If But if you don't, we're going to get some assets for you because you're our quote unquote best player. So I would really like to know where he's at mentally, to be honest, before I even make any big moves. Cause if he's not in, then fuck it, let's trade him. But I agree. it just really 100%. depends, I guess. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree too. Jonathan That's, Isaac is a guy I'd love to have. The only way you're going to turn a team around. It's a risk, but again, the yeah. Kings need to take a risk. The only reason or way you're going to turn a team around like this is to have guys that are determined, have guys that want to be here. And I think that's a good point, Alex, is that's a conversation you need to have with Deer and Fox. And you need to say, hey, we didn't plan on trading you. We don't want to trade they you. They haven't had that conversation but, with him already. Yeah, they probably should have. No, no, they absolutely have to have. But There's no way they haven't had If that he's not that guy, then, yeah, move on. You got to move on. I mean, that's just how it goes. All right, Alex, we're going to wrap up here, but I got one more important question for you. As you might know, and many of our uh, listeners and watchers do know, Calvin and I will be in town next week. We will be attending both Minnesota Timberwolf games back-to-back on Tuesday and Wednesday. And we will be doing live post-game shows right after the game, right across the street at the Punchbowl Social. This is a two-part question. First, are you going to be joining us at the game? And second, are you going to be joining us at Punchbowl afterwards? If I'm there, I'll, I'll go to both spots. I'll, I'll go wherever. I don't even care. Um, now that's if I'm if I'm going for sure. I'll more I'll know more by Saturday or Sunday to in town or not. Okay. Um, but if I do, I'll definitely post game, pre game, whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm go go hard or go home. We got two awesome. options, We'd two days. You. you can go to either one. You don't have to go to both. I'd be down to go to both. If I'm in town, I'm down to go to both. I don't care. It's just you know. Well, let us know if you'll be in town. Yeah, we yeah, definitely yeah. I'll let you guys know by probably Saturday. By, by Saturday, I'll let you guys know. Sounds, Sounds good, good, man. We'd love to have you there. Yep. Thanks thank for you. being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us again. Have a wonderful night. Kings win, man. That's awesome, right? Kings win. Always a pleasure. You guys are killing it. Thanks again um, for your viewers. Uh, I do the, the Kings reactions pretty much every game except the weekends. I kind of just ignore stuff. Um, but Kings <laughs> reaction this week. Um, we'll be review. We'll be uh, posting. I think by tomorrow, uh, the UFC Vegas 47. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. I cannot wait for that. And then next month we have Izzy versus Whitaker. UFC 271. The preview will be out next month. So check that out too. 
sorry for the shameless plug. Just wanted to throw some of the content nah, out man, there. Get it. No get worries, it. man. We'll put a link <laughs> down below in the description for everyone to check out your channel. Thank you so much for joining us again. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. You too. You guys are the best, man. Take it easy. Thanks, man. Well, Calvin, another, uh, another win for Sacramento. I'm going to say that again. Another win. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. Another win for Sacramento tonight. The Kings win 112-101 over the Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. I say that just because it it feels so good. That's hard to believe. But uh, I think I'm ready to wrap up around the crown and move on to the next week of Kings basketball, unless you have anything else to bring up. Well, before we do that, real quickly, Ryan has a question for us here. He says, who do you think – Fox or DeMarcus Cousins? Ooh. Ryan, um, Calvin and I, (laughs) Calvin and I have some very, very deep debates, especially when we've been drinking and we're like (laughs) walking home from a bar at two or three in the morning (laughs) for hours at a time because there's no Ubers available. Yes, I'm talking about a real time that happened, but uh, we have these discussions all the time. And one of our biggest issues is comparing guys from different positions, different eras, different eras, too, is very tough. But even in kind of the same era, just guys that play different positions, it's really, really hard to compare them. So, Calvin, I'm going to let you go to first here. Okay, well, I actually have already thought about this answer because I read the question a while ago. <laughs> and I'm going to go with DeMarcus Cousins here. And it's it's not that, like Barry said, they play different positions. They're very different players. Fox is a better, he's a more skilled basketball player than DeMarcus Cousins is. But that's also because he's 6'2 and incredibly fast and quick and has good handling ability demarcus cousins is a very talented basketball player for a guy his size but when demarcus was at his peak a lot of people considered him to be the best if not one of the two or three best centers in the nba yep De'Aaron fox so far at his peak i think i feel like last season people were like He's probably a top 10 point guard in the league. Top 15, But maybe. nobody was really ready to make that assumption. They thought he was going to make an all-star team. Um, you know, uh, certainly a ton of potential, all that stuff. DeMarcus had already proven it yep. at five years into his career in Sacramento. He was one of the two or three best centers in the league. So I'll, I'll ride with DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Everything that Calvin just said, but Ryan, I have a question for you. If DeMarcus Cousins' ankle was hurt, would he have missed the past, what is this, six games? That, for me, is the difference. Yes, DeMarcus Cousins was considered one of the best centers in the NBA. I don't think anybody's considered De'Aaron Fox one of the best point guards in the NBA. I mean, you could talk about point guards and centers and how that all works out. Point guards are harder but, list to reach the top yeah, two or three. But, but for me, it comes down to ability, skill, and mental fortitude. 
Now, I know mental fortitude is not something you regularly talk about with a guy like DeMarcus Cousins because we've seen him blow up on way too many occasions. And how many games would the Kings have won if he hadn't been ejected or had these issues or fouled out late in the game? But DeMarcus Cousins is never sitting with an ankle soreness for multiple games. I just got to throw that out there. Probably not. Probably not. Yep. I mean, right there. Which two of you guys in the chat haven't hit the thumbs up? Don't be a freeloader. Hit the button and be a family member. Yeah. Gotham's speaking truth here, guys. You got to subscribe to be a family member. Yeah. I'll just say that. That's true. You got to hit the like. Very much appreciate a like as well. Likes are what we get paid in. And uh, hit that subscribe button. And if you want to be a real supporter, make sure you go to royalrebounds.com and cop some fresh Kings gear we got, guys. You got to check it out. Don't knock it till you try it. All right, Calvin. Are we done talking about trades? I mean, we're going to be talking about this I don't tomorrow. Know. We hit 50 likes. What does it, what does that mean? Was I, there I a... think James was supposed to take a shot or something. He's gone, though. Jimmy. Well, he already took one. <laughs> Jimmy James. I'll take another one. Yeah, the hats are pretty dope. Dre Lyon, dude. Good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. You remember you took a photo with us at the, what was that, the Fan Fest? Fan Fest, yeah. It was nice to meet you. Calvin and I will be in Sacramento again on the 8th and the 9th of February at the Timberwolves game. Make sure you come check us out. We will also be doing a post game at uh, Punchbowl Social right across the way, so... Good to see you in the chat. Hopefully we can see you in person again. I'm down to do a shot, Calvin. Let's do a shot. All right, you pour them this time. All right. All right, I'll pour one here. Okay, well, I mean, if you want a a cliff notes of the entire show, Kings suck, but they win tonight. They beat the Nets. Um, Deer and Fox has quit on the team. Some trades need to happen. We have eight days till the trade deadline. The 7th? The Kings don't have a game on the 7th. And potentially... What are you talking about, Dylan? Some people are quitting, so I I don't really know. All right, this is you. You got one more shot glass for me? Uh, Vinny, are you holding it hostage? No, I got it. I'm I'm hiding it over here. Barry's holding it hostage. All right, guys. We're going to take another quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings' next game and next week of basketball with Kings Crusade. I like this beat a lot. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to make it back to the playoffs or potentially a top five pick in this year's <laughs> draft. Next up is the Golden State Warriors. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash that like button right down below. And while you're down there, hit that subscribe button to join the Royal family with Calvin and I. Well, Calvin... It's been a rough couple weeks of Kings basketball. The Kings win tonight <laughs> against they the do. Nets. Uh, does this mean they're going to win tomorrow against the Warriors? Uh, <laughs> the uh, 
Everything in me says no. But crazier things have happened. So I, I, I don't know for sure. Um, I also don't know who's playing for the Warriors tomorrow. They, they have had a, a bunch of people out as of late. Uh, but I don't know how many games the, those are for or anything like that. So, look, I I haven't predicted a Kings win in weeks. This game is not going to be the one that I predict a win in. Shout out, Dylan. Shout out, John. Thank you guys both for joining us late here. We're having fun. We're talking about the Kings. You know, they won tonight. It, it happens. Oops, sorry about it. But, uh... They have a chance, Calvin. There's a reason they play the games. Well, they certainly I have wanna, a chance. I want to talk about your keys to the game, but I think I'd like to take this shot first. <laughs> That's cool with you. Got to give the people what they want. All right. Cheers, guys. Another victory for your Sacramento Kings. And uh, catch us all at Punchbowl Social for another shot after the Timberwolves game. Yes, please, after the game. Because if you bring me a shot bef- you know, during the show or before the show – I won't have it in my heart to say no to you, so just please don't do that. <laughs> All right, Calvin. Let's see your keys to the game. And don't give me that. they got to score more points than the other team's shit. They have to allow fewer points than they allow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, look, I'm going to keep it simple here. I mean, obviously this is a tough game to win. Every game right now is a tough game for the Kings to win. Yep. But just get back to the basics, you know, playing to their strengths. Number one is bench points. It should have been a key to the game for tonight. It should be a key to their game every night. If their bench plays well, they're a much, much more difficult team to contend with. We saw it tonight. Buddy Heald, uh, yeah, bold move, absolutely. Um, so the, the bench has to contribute because if De'Aaron Fox isn't going to play – you know, this team doesn't have a ton of star power as it is. They need – they're a true deep team. Like, they have a, a bunch of guys that they roll out there normally. So, that they, they need production off the bench. And a lot of that, unfortunately, falls on Buddy Heald's shoulders. But if he plays well, they got a chance. If he plays well, they have a chance in every game, Calvin. <laughs> Come on. It's true. Number two is share the ball. You're playing a really good defensive team. Not just a really good defensive team. One of the best – defensive teams in the entire NBA, you're not going to just isolate, dribble, 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 no screen, get off your own shot, whatever, and beat this team. You have to move the ball. You have to cut. You have to run sets. Um, and the Kings need to do that again every night to win. It's it's not – there's no team that they can just dribble, dribble, dribble against. And then yes. number three <laughs> – Sorry to interrupt here. Oh, yes, Jimmy did leave. Jimmy, the, the thing, is out – too many shots for him. <laughs> Too many things Too many for things. Jimmy. But, yeah, we, we were happy to have him in the studio for the first part of the show. Uh, Calvin and I both went to college with Jimmy. Uh, what was that, like 100 years ago at this point? Oh, and man, uh, that. he came here to visit us in Maui. So we were very happy to have him for the first part of the show. And I hope you guys enjoyed his hand. I love the nickname you've given him. I'm just going to call him Jimmy the Thing from now on. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting, Cal. No, that's okay. I mean, this is kind of like a pointless uh, little rant I've got going on here anyway with keys to the game. But my last key is going to be finish possessions early. 
Vinny, are you shouting yourself out here? Vinny is solid. You wrote that yourself? <laughs> too many shots for Vinny, too, I guess. I'm going to write that Barry is solid. Yeah, Barry is solid. Shout out to Barry. Shout out to Cal- Calvin Solid, too. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Sorry, keep going. Oh, you want me to keep going? <laughs> so finish possessions early. You can't let a good team get second chance opportunities. Golden State moves the ball so well, they make it hard on defenses already. If you can't force turnovers, which Golden State has actually been susceptible to a lot this year, or get rebounds, you got no shot. Even if you score 120 points, if you continue to give up second chance points to this team, they're going to get three point after three point off an offensive rebound. They're going to move the ball. Um, And it's one of the things that the Kings are are really – we hear it so much during every game. It's like they played good defense for 22 seconds out of the shot clock or 21 seconds out of the shot clock, or they give up offensive rebounds like crazy. So bottom line, this is one of the best teams in the league, just like Brooklyn. Brooklyn didn't have all their players tonight, and their two best players who are on the court tonight had off nights. Yep. I think Jordan Poole is going to have a good game. Jordan Poole's been playing great all year, and yep. he, that's the thing with Golden State. Like They're such a deep team, and I, I've said it so many times tonight, but Brooklyn is not an equal opportunity offense. Golden State is the most equal opportunity offense in the entire NBA. True. Against a team that is struggles rotating defensively and playing defense for a full 24-second shot clock, it's a real uphill battle, man. So that's yep. why you cannot give up offensive rebounds. You have to close possessions as early as you can. They got to shoot well. I mean, I could have 100 keys to this game, not just three. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you when we make it to town. I think Dre Lyons got a good uh, Cal's Keys number four here. Buddy needs to catch and shoot no dribbling. Well, good luck with that. I think that's a good key to the game, but unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to help the Kings win this game. It probably would help the Kings win this game, but that's Buddy doesn't play that way. Like I said before, Buddy is a playground player. Yep. Like when he's out there, it's all, you know, he's not and one mixtape like trying to break people's ankles or anything, but he he's playing a He's a horrible guy to play in horse. Yeah, that too probably, but he's playing a playground style game. It's like I'm going to pull up from half court, you know, with 23 seconds left in the shot clock because fuck it, I'm open. Yeah. But he fuck it. You know, and Steph Curry does that, but nobody bats an eye because he's Steph Curry. <laughs> Speaking of which, Buddy Heald is number two in three-point shooting this season behind Steph Curry. Yes, also shooting a career low in three-point percentage. Yeah. I mean, take that however which way you would Look, it's, numbers like. are skewed, you know. I mean, when, you, when 70% of your shots are three-point shots, yep. you should have a lot of three-point makes. Yeah, you should. If you're a player that can get them enough minutes to put up seventy percent of your shots as threes, yeah. 
It's it's just it's so tough, man. I mean, you're looking at the next upcoming games here. We got the Warriors tomorrow. This is a back to back for Sacramento. It's in Golden State. And they return home. Saturday against the Thunder. Looks like a good matchup. And we got the Timberwolves twice, Tuesday, Wednesday, both games we will be going to. And then you go on a road trip again. But Calvin, we have four games left during this trade deadline period. So I'm going to ask you, between these four games, Warriors, Thunder, Timberwolves, Timberwolves, when are the Kings making an effing trade here? Oh, man. I wake up every day feeling like I hope it's going to be today. Check Pro Sports Daily. Please, did the Kings make a deal? Sacramento B. All the podcasts. I mean, it. they're running out of time. So, like, I'm not going to be mad if it's the day of the trade deadline, if it actually happens. But it, it's got to happen. I want to give you guys all a quick little tip, and that's only because we are not sponsored by the Sacramento Bee, and I refuse to pay for newspaper articles. But if you click on a Sacramento Bee article... You click on it, and then you click the little X on the top before it finishes loading. It won't have that pop-up. Oh, so yeah? you can read the whole article. Oh, that's a hack I didn't even know. Yeah, just a little hack for you guys so you know. You click on the article real quick, and then you click on the X on the top, and you stop the loading. It won't load that stupid little thing that says you got to pay, and you can read the whole article for free and be a free loader like me. Okay. I'm just gonna check sh- Sacramento B more often. Just now. a shout out there. All right. I wonder if Siakam is still available. What do you guys say? Barnes package with Buddy for Bagley or Bagley for Siakam. I say do it. Yeah. Do I mean, it. I mean, uh, I don't think Siakam's available. I don't think he's available honestly, either. But but if that trade is doable. You better do it. Yeah. Yeah, you better do it. All right, Calvin. You want to give me a prediction on these next couple games? Any predictions? We got uh, four games until the trade deadline. That's all I'm holding you to is four games. Warriors, Thunder, two games against the Timberwolves. Three of these games are at home. Give me your... One and three. Which game are they winning? They're winning the night we sit courtside. February 9th, Thursday. I like that. I really like that. Hopefully they win the 8th as well. But I'll take a win while I am uh, in the stands. I'm I'm totally happy for that. All right, Calvin. Anything else you want to talk about here before we wrap up this podcast? No, just thank you to everybody for watching tonight. A lot of support in the chat. We had a, a lot of people watching. 54 likes might be a record, actually, for us during a live show. So thank you guys. Come hang out with us, whether it's at the game or at Punchbowl Social, February 8th and 9th, we will be in Sacramento two nights and two nights only. I mean, we'll technically be there for three nights, but those are the only nights we'll really be doing stuff in Sacramento. If you guys want to hit us up on Instagram at Royal Rebounds, Monday night we will be in downtown Sacramento Doing fun things. So if you want to come check us out, 
before the crowd does, before the games, we will be out and about. Thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode or another uh, Royal Rebounds podcast live with Calvin and Barry. Kings win tonight, so uh, Kings like, win tonight. I got to be happy about that. I celebrate everything <laughs> I can. Oh, Vinny, you got the air horn? Let's do it again. Bam, bam, bam. Yes. <laughs> Hit it again. Every time they win a game, I got to celebrate because there's not many times for that. And you got to live your life. You got to enjoy yourself and you got to have fun while you can. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Everybody that's watching right now, I hope you guys are hitting that subscribe button down below because Calvin and I put out Fresh Kings content almost daily and we will be here tomorrow night to break down the Sacramento Kings uh, win or loss against uh, the Golden State Warriors. We'll be here. We'll be drinking beers either way, and we will be having fun. So we hope to see you all for that. Uh, anything else, Cal? Peace. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. In the meantime, go Kings.